0: Steve, welcome. We are so delighted to have you here. This is your third time at Truth Community Church, if memory serves me right, and every time it just gets better to see you. Good to see you. Well, thank imagine, you. It's good to be seen. Imagine running into you here. What brings you and Michelle into the area? We're actually on
1: vacation. Our granddaughter graduated from Boyce College in Louisville. This. Uh, is it thursday where is michelle i'm looking she's over here. yes thursday and so we're in this area and uh we're here we're on vacation for a few weeks
0: yeah you're off uh, away from the pulpit for a couple of months now right it's true yeah and uh is joe trofimek doing some of the preaching in your he absence is.
1: he is i just hand it over to joe and he does most of it but also uh has
0: some other men to stand in the pulpit uh it's well known that uh one of your closest friends is a friend of mine also phil johnson uh tell us a little bit about how far back your friendship with phil goes you did you know phil before you knew michelle maybe maybe i don't know (laughs) okay that's a long time ago i'm not sure tell us about your friendship with phil johnson phil
1: johnson and i met at moody bible institute he um I, it was a night I think we both did some evangelism Moody was having evening evangelism go out on the streets witnessing and that's where I, I first met Phil um, I, and I think I've said this here I, we didn't, I didn't hit it off very well with him at first um, Phil it seemed like everything I had to say he contradicted if I would say <laughs> that shouldn't be surprising to you um, uh, if I would say, you know, it's a beautiful day out, he'd say, no, I don't think so. I see some some threatening clouds and uh, just things like that. Well, isolated, it means nothing. But after a while, it really bothered me.
0: It starts to get on your nerves. It did.
1: <laughs> so one night I went we were not roommates I went to his dorm room knocked on the door and said I'd I'd like to talk to you and I just uh apologized to him for my bad attitude towards him and I told him why I had a bad attitude and how horrible he was and he called me on he said you didn't come here to apologize you came here to rebuke me (laughs) and I stopped for a moment I said you're right and we both laughed and at that moment
0: we became best friends and you've been best friends pretty much ever since. we have
1: we're very different in personalities and uh, not in theology but i I, I usually have to tell people i'm not like phil johnson i'm not as bright as phil and we have very different personalities that's that's probably why we're friends
0: yeah you uh you stood in his wedding i was best man you were phil johnson's best man when he married uh darlene white that's correct and uh you know i think subsequent Uh, subsequent events, subsequent history would show that uh, Phil definitely got the better end of that arrangement. Would you agree?
1: (laughs) Yes, Darlene has become a dear friend too,
0: and uh, she and Michelle are very close and sweet. Uh, Phil often speaks on anniversary occasions at at Lakeside. (coughs) He does. Every five years,
1: the church puts a big... uh, Big anniversary thing for us. And so, and every five years, Phil Johnson's the one they invite. And every five years, he embarrasses me. (laughs) He says things he, you know, I don't remember this, but he he told the whole congregation. uh, I told Steve, not to date uh, michelle's maiden name was hughes he said i told steve not to date michelle hughes because classy ladies like michelle hughes they don't usually go for guys like you <laughs> now i don't remember him saying that but he he must have and i just dismissed it from my mind but the key is they don't usually sometimes they do and they, in this case they, they do oh okay michelle yeah. he said classy usually, ladies
0: don't go for guys like you usually. usually he said but this time they did that's correct there's an
1: exception to every rule
0: yeah the uh (coughs) uh, you know and i know that there's a lot of good natured banter that goes back and forth between you but uh but whenever phil speaks to me about you privately it's always in almost reverential terms with the depth of affection that he has and he never says steve kreloff without prefacing it with my best friend steve kreloff he's very
1: kind and uh... Phil, is, he's a very special person, as you know. He's unique, and our friendship has just grown. We've ministered in places together. In Italy, we've, we've ministered. So the Lord has brought us just together, and our wives get along well, and so it's a nice relationship.
0: When you have a common theology and a common faith in Christ and a common love for ministry, there's so much to build a relationship on.
1: Yeah, it is. And we're really tied together in many ways by John MacArthur. I gave Phil his first John MacArthur tapes. Now, he had heard John before, but um, he had never had these tapes. I had, somebody gave them to me. That's how old I am. I say tapes. And they were. They were cassette tapes.
0: Yeah, they were, Yeah, they were eight-track tapes, right? <laughs> yeah, well, these were. Well, so I
1: i had never heard preaching like this. I had been taught expository preaching, but I had never I heard it modeled like this, and I said to Phil, "You, you know, this is the best preaching I've ever heard. You got to listen to this guy." So, um, history is: we know that he went to work for John, and I even sort of, um, sort of jokingly predicted this. He had a very bad experience. He was actually an assistant pastor in a church in Saint Petersburg shortly after. Um, marrying Darlene they moved down and Phil and Darlene were going to our church and then this church opened up he was an assistant to a pastor there it didn't work out well the pastor was not an easy man to work for him they dismissed Phil and uh, he came to our our home and he was so dejected and I said you know you probably go back to moody press john MacArthur will discover you there and he'll ask you to come out and work for him in california and i'm just trying to encourage the guy but that's exactly what happened
0: how long was that before that actually occurred and they
1: i don't i don't remember michelle do
0: you remember months or so
1: well i knew he was probably going to go back to moody press i I had no idea that john MacArthur was
0: going to say that
1: i haven't heard that i haven't
0: heard that story and i've heard most of them
1: phil has told people i spoke like caiaphas prophetically unwitting you (laughs) know and and i thought well it could happen but you know i'm just trying to encourage the guy and that's
0: that's what happened
1: i remember he called me up one night he said john MacArthur just asked me to come out and hit up the whole grace to you ministry and i said why What do you know about radio? (laughs) So you flipped on
0: the encouragement side. (laughs) Well,
1: as I thought more about it, I said, what do you know about that? And he said, well, that's what I said to John. He said, we'll train you. I need someone who understands how I think. And then I said, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, there you go. Yeah.
0: There you go. Now, you mentioned uh, your health uh, briefly uh, a few minutes ago. Uh, And talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been through over the past couple of months.
1: Well, um, it w- has been one of the big shocks of my life. I've been a, a runner, uh, a serious runner, since I was 40. I'm 70 now, and I've run 19 marathons. And, you know, health has never been a, a big concern, but I was getting some chest pains when I tried running. So, anyway, long story short, I went to the doctor. It turns out I had to have open uh, heart surgery. Uh, called bypass, they take veins and make them into arteries to get blood flow and so it was shocking for Michelle and I to hear this, shocking for our church to hear this. I'm kinda known as a fitness guy who exercises, tries to eat well and so forth. So everybody was in shock. But um so two months ago I had open heart surgery and uh, and the
0: recovery was easy, right? <laughs>
1: well, only now can I say that. At first, it was very, it was very difficult, a long and hard journey. If you would have said um, a month ago, five weeks ago, six weeks ago, that I'd be here doing this, I'd say, well, I, I don't know. It was, very, um, it, it was some very dark times, but uh, a very serious. Probably the most invasive surgery there is. Um, I was told by a friend to expect melancholy. It, it, it does, it, it's uh, just a, a really... I, I've told pastor friends that, um, and I'll tell you, that's the kind of surgery when you visit someone in the hospital as a pastor and you, you know that they've had this. As you walk out, you, you say to the Lord something like, Lord, I hope I never have that surgery. It's very invasive. They, they cut you open, they saw you open, pull back the ribs, take your heart, put it on a machine... It's very, very involved. So um, very, very weak for a while, but uh, last few weeks, strength has come back. I've been cleared. I'm exercising again. I passed the stress test. I'm doing everything that I've done before.
0: Yeah, that uh, has to be a great relief to your congregation it and is. your fellow elders.
1: Well, when you go through this, the first few weeks, I had to just say to Michelle, will I ever feel normal? I mean, I, I could barely walk, let alone think of having normal activities. right. Yeah, so
0: right. it's been a— Now, you mentioned your age. You're 70. Uh, it's an age where many people think about retirement. Uh, what's, is that ahead for you here in the near future, or what are your longer-term plans? Not longer unless the church plans? tells
1: me to. I, I, uh, I uh, think about—I heard of a man who was at a church. He pastored for 60 years, and someone asked him, why, why didn't you ever leave? He said, because nobody ever asked me to. And I'm thinking, well, that's true of me. Nobody's ever asked me to to leave. So I have no plans to retire. Um, I often tell people that uh, I think, uh, I've heard John MacArthur say, I've heard he said this, I'm going to preach as long as I make sense. And so I think I'm still making sense. You can determine uh, that tonight. What what do you mean? (laughs) Meaning that if I, uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So I, I've told people our our son is one of our elders, and I, I have a feeling when the time comes, if I start losing my mind, the elders will send him to me and say, Dad, um, you were fine in your day, but you've just preached the th- the same sermon three weeks in a row, and we know you love baseball, so Dad, we're making a call to the bullpen. This is what the manager <laughs> does when he calls in the righty. So um, anyway, no plans to retire, and I, I, I feel good. Um, all the blood flow, I should be feeling better than ever. The blood is flowing to the heart, which I didn't realize it
0: wasn't. Um, so no, no plans to retire. And uh, you told me earlier that... Uh you're on the verge of a milestone. When you finish Luke, you will— I will have completed all of the New Testament. I want to go back and do uh,
1: a few books. Well, the Gospel of John I want to do over again. I don't, I don't think I did it well in my early days, but yes, I will have done you
0: You've gone all. verse by verse through the entire New Testament. Yeah. I know yeah. one other person who's done that, and that's John MacArthur. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're very glad for that and just so encouraged that the Lord has given you strength and continuing, it, it would seem, you know, your ministry for another several years.
1: I hope so. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. and I'm sure your congregation hopes so also. Um, you're going to preach from Psalm 23 tonight. I am. Focusing on, uh, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord.
1: And God's mercy and goodness following us. Yeah, um,
0: the a very, uh, uh, you know, hope-filled... <laughs> Uh, theme in Scripture, and that has to be one of the most beloved texts in, in all yeah. of Scripture. Can't help but think that it's had special meaning to you over the past uh, several months. Tell us, uh, tell us what your family's uh, well, been dealing with. Well, I'm going to
1: mention in the message this last year has been a very very difficult time. Uh, Michelle's brother, unsaved brother, passed away a little over a, a year ago. Then her her mom passed away. I in August. And the hardest thing is our 10 year old granddaughter Lila unexpectedly passed away, suddenly and unexpectedly passed away about eight months ago. And that's been very, very hard. So I, I've been drawn to the Psalms and especially Psalm 23. And um, it's been a very, you know, we, we have certainly hope. We know Lila was a believer, uh, she gave her testimony, she was a sweet, sweet girl and we miss her very much um uh, but there is a, a grieving process and we're still going through that and I don't I don't think we'll ever I don't think we'll ever get over that we the more the longer time goes the harder it is in some sense though we know she's with the lord and now that brings comfort uh, initially it's just the shock she was here and She's gone. And she was, uh, you didn't know Lila, and probably every grandfather says, Oh, my grandchildren are the best. But Lila really was quite special. She had a sparkling personality. She had incredible charisma. She was uh, uh, disabled from one year old. She, uh, one year of age, she couldn't lift her head. Anyway, um, childhood, some kind of childhood illness that they never did diagnose for nine years. So she was in a, a wheelchair. Um, sharpest mind. Uh, she was sweet. She was grateful. She was just, her, her presence was so special that her absence is even that much mm-hmm. harder. We love all of our grandchildren, but she was incredibly special to us.
0: Yeah, you, uh, you've told me privately, She it wasn't just that she was disabled. Sometimes she went through excruciating pain. She did.
1: She had to get infusions, just like an HIV Patient, does. she and she would get um, spinal meningitis for like seventy-two hours after. It was just horrible. It was it was torturous for her. She suffered more than anybody her age that I that I know. Mm. She she really did. And she was a trooper, though. I I didn't. I'm sure there were times she complained, but I never heard her complain.
0: Yeah, she. Uh, you you. If I remember, uh, if I remember correctly, you wrote a lovely tribute to her that you sent to yeah. your congregation. I did. Um. You, uh, you said words to the effect of she, was, uh, she wasn't just a special child. She was like the most wonderful human being you've ever she, known. I
1: said she was the most remarkable person I, I've ever known. She, she really was. She was, uh, well, as I said, she was witty and clever. She was 10 years old and going on 18. I mean, you could have an adult conversation with her and she uh, she had a great sense of humor there there was just nothing to dislike about her she was really the center of our large family when she wheeled herself in the room e- even the cousins were just so thrilled that she was there she was very
0: very special i know you're going to preach on this but th- this is a uh a profound loss for uh it was your uh daughter rachel was yes. her mother uh, a profound loss not only for you and Michelle, for her parents, for her siblings, her three brothers, but this was a profound loss for your entire church because yeah. when you've been at the church for four decades plus, um, people love you, sympathize with you, and they feel your sorrows as well. Mm-hmm. What's that been like for the— whole well, congregation as as you would assess it well
1: the church was in shock too um we were not in in church when it was announced joe trofemuck did he said this is a very sobering solemn day something like that for all of us lila goody has passed away and it, everyone just went silent or you heard oh, like that so it's been very hard it's been very very difficult for our daughter people mean well but when they've come to church They've come up to her weeping and crying and, and that's just, she's just trying to deal with her own pain, not other people. So that's that's been, been hard. It's um, been hard to be in church and you see her little friends there too. I know just where she sat. I used to do something like this. You know, I'm looking at her and um, so it, it, it's been hard. We are comforted knowing she's with the Lord and we wouldn't want her back Except for our sake, not for her sake. So, right. Oh, it, it's been hard for the church, but I think the church has entered into our sufferings, and uh, it's helped, I think, the, the people to see our vulnerabilities, because we're not pretending that everything is wonderful. It's not wonderful. So they've seen us weep. They've seen, you know, the, her, 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 her a memorial service was, I think, the largest crowd we have ever had at our church. I can't fill the place like that, but Lila Goody could. Doctors came, um, her uh, surgeons, uh, nurses. Um, she was even known in the political field because our daughter is involved in politics, and uh, uh, Lila had been on commercial. She's, she dropped the ceremonial puck for the Tampa Bay Lightning hockey team. I mean, she was really well
0: known, and there were so many people who were there? Who heard the gospel? She was a regional celebrity. She really was. She really was. Yeah. And so, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is good to, for pastors to talk about, to help those that walk through difficult times. Um, you don't. You don't get over it. You. It, something like this changes you. Not necess- I don't mean it in a bad way. It hurts, but you know, you don't go back. You don't go back. It seems to me you don't go back to the way that you were. There's no. a permanent change that takes place.
1: There's a scarring. Yeah. That's What's there. your
0: perspective on that? And what would you say to people in our uh, that are with us tonight that have gone through their own trying times?
1: Yeah, well, I we've learned to be, I, I think, more compassionate to others. We've learned things like. Um, uh, don't say to somebody if they're, who's going through a time like this, if there's anything I can do for you, let me know. They're not going to let you know. They mean well. What really helped us, there were people who just started doing things for us, bringing meals, uh, running errands. We know you need this. We know you need that. And um, I so appreciated that because we're not the kind of people like, well, what can we do for you? Well, we need meals for the next four weeks. You know, I'm not going to say that. But... Um, it's given I think it's given me a new perspective on heaven. just heaven is much more precious. When I went through my surgery i said lord i'm I'm ready, I'm ready to go if you want to take me, and I want to see you, but I really want to see Lila. <laughs> you know that mm-hmm. and I remember waking up in the recovery room in the i c u thinking, Oh, I made it i didn't I didn't die. i guess I have to wait and uh so I think it's it's made heaven more personal more real. Um, it, it's, I, I, I don't know more. There are so many, so many things you, you yeah. learn to be more sensitive to people. I say when someone's really hurting that I, or they've gone through something, I understand. And now I mean it. It's not just professional. Right. I've been there. And I've I've also learned sometimes there are no words to say. That at her service, people would come up crying. And I know that they're s- straining to what do I say? And I've said to a few there's nothing to say. You don't have to say anything. You just weep with those who weep.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I just, I just say exactly that to people, say, I, I don't know what to say. There are no words to, to say. And it's, that's seems to me that that's more real than trying to come up with something right. artificial.
1: And sometimes people, they mean well, but sometimes they say some awfully ridiculous things that they don't know what they're talking about. Right. They're trying to comfort you, but it's not.
0: Right. And so tonight you're going to draw upon some of those things personally and bring Psalm 23 to us.
1: Well, yes. When I, um, when Lila passed away, the church said, you take as much time as you need. This was in September. They said, you can just take till—if you want to come back in November, that's fine. Because we were devastated, I could but I realized for the sake of the church, I needed to come back and, and speak— And um, I spoke on two messages from Psalm 23. One was uh, the valley of the shadow of death. And the one that I'm going to bring tonight was the second one on goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And it's so ministered to me that I thought it it would be a good, good message to be of encouragement because that's what David meant by it. That was his intent.
0: Well, we are delighted to have you. We're looking forward to the ministry of the Word.
1: Thanks for listening from Truth Community Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. You can find more church information and other helpful materials at thetruthpulpit.com. Teaching God's people God's Word. This message is copyrighted, all rights reserved.